What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to Turn Dars Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. Happy 2023, everybody. We are ready Feels for weird to golf. Say I'm excited. I can't tell you how many emails I've already put today with the date 2022 and then had to erase it. Like, you remember in school, like elementary school when that happened, you have to change everything. It feels so I, weird. I was the worst on it. I'd always have like the year before until the first week of February. I, I'd, I'd like lose points because teachers would be like, it's not the right year. Like, put the right year down, Liam, or else I'm going to keep docking you. And, oh, I, I hated it. I, the amount of grades I lost on that alone is just hilarious. But we are into 2023. Football is over. Well, all right, football's not over, but like for us Bears fans, it basically for, is for anybody that's not in the playoffs and anybody that 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 loves golf. Golf is starting. Football's over. World Cup was over in December as well. Holidays are over. We're into the new year. Now starts to grind. Um, Jack, do you just want to quickly go over some some of the things that are going on? This is our second season, right? Uh, we started last year. Jack's kind of the big winner in terms of bets. I do a little bit more consistency, I would say, probably in terms of uh, DFS lineups. Is that an accurate statement in your eyes? Yeah. So if you're just tuning us for the first time, thank you very much. It's it's awesome to be able to come here and talk golf. And I know everybody in our little community is just awesome. So hopefully we win you guys some money, as Liam recapped, kind of the better of the group. I think last year we were right around hovering around 50 or so units up on our sports books bets alone. Uh, Liam had like a 75% success rate on DFS. So if you take a look at that, obviously you make some money overall. Might've been um, a little heavy on me, but I appreciate the boost. You know, the ego boost is always appreciated. Right. I, I, mean, I, had, I, had some, I had some big hitters and I think that's what definitely helped me out. I mean, there were a few times where I, you know, 10, 10 X my money on DFS the week, but yeah, continue. <laughs> yeah, you got to get that in there. So coming along um, right now, if you're just joining us again, welcome and thank you. I'm right around 19 units up over on the sports book picks. And after tabulating, Liam is doing a fantastic job on the DFS. We did have one week where I think we went 0 for 4, but you know, all these matchups pre 2023 were pretty much slop best. So yep. this is where we really get into the meat of it. Quickly recap, um, just going over the match and then QBE really quickly. Um, so, you know, not going to go over too many of the bets. Um, I had a couple winners bets, um, a little bit of some money there. I picked Spieth and Justin Thomas to win the match, which if Liam just waited an extra 10 minutes to do his notes, I probably would have ended up with Tiger and Rory <laughs> much like he did. Yeah. Yeah. Jack did uh decent. He walked out with a little bit of money. I, on the other hand was, was slightly on the opposite end. Uh, really we canceled out in the end of it all between the two of us, but I was slightly down on my money. I'm okay being slightly down on the money. Cause I bet Rory and tiger. I mean, morally, I feel like I, uh, you know, I, I bet the way I wanted to. Yeah. Of course, and morally, I feel money. wrong for betting against tiger. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, I'm, I'm coming into January a little behind the eight ball in terms of my bets. Um, I'm down about eight units. I've got to, I've got to come back on strong, but I remember last year I started out a little bit rough betting and, and I, I hit that little groove where I started to kind of find my way. I just got to get my way back into it. If I can stay around, even I'm sure Jack will end up back around 40 again, like that. And well, we'll I'm just... already at almost 19 right now. So if I, oh, I'm going for a clean 50 this year. I'm going, going for, for individual back. 50 as opposed to team 50. Well, well, hey, let's be honest. I mean, if we take a look at your eight units down, everybody would hear that and probably panic right away. But yeah. the reality is we were betting guys that were in Q school that had come yeah. out 
Yep. And we're betting these slot fests, trying to figure out what's going on for the year. This is really where we get into the meat of everything. So it's really going to be, you know, once we get through probably the Sony Open, not this week, but next week, then the real bets start to come through and we're going to make some more money. There's the ESPN notification coming through. Um, one other thing to, to keep an eye on, uh, if you're golf nerds like Jack and I, uh, the golf documentary on Netflix, is that coming out this week? Next week? It, it's, no com- it's coming out in a few weeks. It's supposed to be juicy. Um, again, they followed a lot of the guys last season, right when Liv started to kind of make the rounds. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of interesting content. I mean, if they don't do a little bit of dirt on both sides of PGA and Liv, I'm going to be slightly disappointed. Uh, but I 100% am going to be watching that the day it comes out just because I'm curious. But but double check Netflix because it should be coming out soon in the next couple of weeks. Um, so I just want to let you guys all know now before I forget about it. Awesome. Well, that pretty much sums it up for the last couple of weeks of 2022. Obviously, we had some time off, celebrate the holidays with friends and family. Uh, we're going to kick right back into it, going into the Century Tournament of Champions and a couple extra guys. So yeah. are you ready to jump into it? I am. Uh, let me give that a little bit of a rundown in terms of in terms of past information that I get. I always do a quick run through of of notes that I try to c- kind of compile up. Yeah. So. so if you're just joining us again for the first time, what we like to do here just to break it down really quickly is we'll recap the previous week. So what's going on? We'll recap our bets, regardless if we win or lose. Everything is recapped for total transparency. Yep. DFS review. We'll jump into the week or if anything's hot and you know, the game of golf, we'll talk about it, but then we'll jump into the week, couple things to look out for what the course looks like, anything like that. Then we're going to jump into breakdown of what we do on our DFS side, get into some bets, winners and wild cards, and just kind of go with the week. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, so this week we are at the century tournament of champions. Uh, we were at the Kapalua resort. Uh, we're playing the plant, the plantation course. This is a par 73 totaling 7,600 yards. Uh, Last year's winner was Cam Smith. He he was minus 34 last year, which is the record. Um, He will not win this year. Neither will that score probably get beat this year in all likelihood. Um, This event is part of the the PGA Tour's attempt at elevated events. This is going to be the first elevated event of the year. Um, Any big wig in golf that's like good on tour is going to be here, with the exception of Rory McIlroy, has decided to skip this event um the guys that are a part of that elevated field are allowed to miss one event a year uh this is going to be rory's event so we are going to see rory at a lot of the elevated events down the road uh, but again this is the start of that elevated event field that they were talking about this is a 39 player field again with rory it would have been 40 but 39 uh it's a no cut event all of the previous winners um for the last 13 years at this event have played some sort of golf in December. So that is information of itself. That's known. I know it seems fluky, but 13 winners in the last 13 years have played some sort of golf in December. Now, again, that could be QBE shootout. I mean, we're not picking hairs too crazy here. Um, Some of the key, key stroke metrics to look for are strokes game, ball striking, uh, par fours gained and three putt avoidance. Uh, fairways are often known to be extremely wide on Kapalua. Uh, the joke is that you could legitimately land a plane on them with no problems. 
the big challenge on this course is going to be elevation change. There's going to be a lot of elevation change, both on the fairways and on the greens. That is just something you have to kind of keep an eye out for. Uh, a lot of people like to comment that TPC Deer Run is a baby's version of this because TPC also has some funky elevation changes on the course. As someone that has played golf in Hawaii and is very familiar with TPC Deer Run, <laughs> I have never heard that comparison. But if that's what they say, then I'm all every, here for every, it. Everywhere I was looking, they were like, yeah, look out for all the guys that did well on Deer Run because uh, that's like a the step like that's the baby steps for this course and i was like how Shout do you jt step- yeah i was like how do you step up from ppc to run to kapalua but whatever um golfers playing this event for the first time often struggle here uh over the last nine years only seven golfers have finished inside the top five on this course you might sit there and think that's a decent number here are some of the guys that that includes jordan spieth john rom hideki masuyama rory mcelroy brooks kepka those are five pretty can I can I call them generational, Jack? Is that is that For cool? Sure. All right, just checking, making sure I wasn't offending anybody there. Those are five generational golfers. Um, not to say that any of the guys that are playing their first year this year couldn't do that. It's it's a high ask. Don't don't assume that again. I'm gonna I'm gonna name some of the notable guys here. Cam Young, Will Zal Torres, Matt Fitzpatrick, Tom Kim, and Sahith Tagala. All five of those guys are first years. I think realistically, somebody like a Matt Fitzpatrick could probably break that mold and finish top five. Uh, but don't just assume everybody's going to. I mean, it, it works for me. Hey, listen, I'm just here. I'm excited. We waited so long for some high quality golf. We're here for it. And, you know, outside of Rory withdrawing, and this is a stacked field. Definitely. This is awesome. So it'll be very interesting to have lineups where you know, Sung JM is $8,300, but I'm going to take advantage of that while I can. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, there's definitely some steals in the bottom and some guys to kind of look out for. You just have to really play it, uh, play the chaos, right? Because the big challenge is going to be, is there's going to be a lot of high owned golfers this week with there being only 39 options. And realistically of those 39, there's probably what 10 you could take out right away that people won't really be betting that much. I mean, if somebody wants Chad Ramey, you could bet Chad Ramey, and I'm sure that that, that would make you different. But I think there's about 30 golfers that are going to get a a true better's chance on it. So you're yeah. going to have some overlap. You just have to find the right people to make it work. There's only three guys that I'm really, truly fading in this event, and we'll get into that in a little bit. We will look at DFS lineups. But, I mean, this is this is an awesome field. There's some guys making their comeback. Zalatoris first event here. Home was playing a lot of golf for him saying he's going to take, you know, like six to eight months off for his kid. I'm not complaining. Um, I'm just ready to jump into it because I'm so excited. I think home was playing just because he's part of that elevated group, but I agree. He'll, 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 he'll start taking some more time off. Eh, Cheap excuse. Go to Hawaii and play golf. Well, that's it. Hey, you call it a family trip, you know, it could be worse. Shout out. Let's uh, are we going to group the, the 10 K and the nine K range together? Yeah, I think we could do that. So starting at the bottom, Matt Fitzpatrick at 9,100, and then Scotty Scheffler at 10,300. I can speak for myself. Pick whoever you want. Throw your throw your hand in a name, whatever you pick. You're going to find some great guys. I think Scotty, Rom, JT, Xander, Tony. I mean, all these guys are just ridiculously good. The one guy that if I were to put my entire reputation on this week would be John Rahm. 
He has okay. been playing some lights out golf. His worst finish since like August was eighth. This guy's incredible. Hero World Challenge, which was his worst finish. Um, and then Xander Shoffley, obviously, is just a monster. Uh, one thing, too, we are looking at DraftKings. Um, so if you're f- trying to follow along with us on pricing, we're going to do DraftKings. I agree. John Rahm is, is 100% the class. He's 100% the guy you want. The interesting thing, though, is he's been playing predominantly outside of the PGA Tour. So I think you're going to get a lot of people that haven't really been paying attention to the international side. Um, so I think it could make him a little less owned than everybody realizes. He's still going to be very well owned. But I, I, th- I think initially people are assuming he's going to be 60%. I'm looking more at 30. Um, which is still high. Which is still high. But again, it's John Rahm. Uh, so I also like John Rahm here. He's he's played great here in the past. I'm sure he's going to be highly owned. I'm going to still take him. Uh, the other guy I really like is Xander Shoffley. Um, he plays really well here consistently. So I'm going to continue to stay alongside him. Uh, my third guy I also really like is Colin Morikawa. He's also been consistent here at Kapalua. Uh, he has three top seven finishes in all three appearances. The only challenge with Colin Morikawa is his putter. Um, I'm hoping that with this kind of extended time off that he can at least make it look decent. But again, even when he hasn't always had the perfect putter here, he's always been able to at least play decent. Um, really, there's a lot of great options in this range. I'm less worried about the 9 and the 10K range because you can fit any number of two, three, potentially four guys in this range into your lineup. It's more so how you mix them with the guys below in the eights and yeah. the sevens. And I think it, what's also important to note too is if you're in this category, you're obviously good enough to hold your own in this category, which is why we don't spend too much time on this. Yes. So if you're listening and think, holy crap, they just blew over Patrick Cantlay or Justin Thomas. We, we In essence, we did, but there's not really much about Justin Thomas we can say that you don't already know. He's obviously going to perform super well. Yeah. Um, but if I were to take one guy, it'd be Rambo in this field. The the, the challenge we, we mentioned Cantlay, so we'll just go back to him. The challenge with Cantlay and well, it's again, a major. It's, well, it, it's not a it's not a major, but he's played twice. He played at the Shriners and he played at the uh President's Cup. Right? Those were really his only two events. Did he play in a did he play in any match plays? Am no. I mixing something up there? I'm mixing somebody else up then. So, all right, he's played in two events then in this fall spring. He's played in the President's Cup and he's played in the Shriners. So, again, nothing against that. I'm sure he's going to do just fine. But let's just let him warm up a little bit in my mind. Cool. Well, I take it on that. Now we're ready to jump into the AK range. Yeah, let's do it. Um, on top, we got Will Zell Torres at 8,900. And on the bottom, we have Brian Harmon at 8,000. Uh, I am a a big homer of Will Zalatoris that was well-known last year. I am not taking them this week. <laughs> uh, we're going to see how the injury progresses. Uh, I just want to see how he does. This will be big for me just in terms of my comfort level for him. Like down the road at the PGA Championship kind of deal. Depending on how he does this week, I can I can really gauge him for the future. Uh, one of the big guys that, again, Jack and I talked about earlier on this episode was Sung J M at 8,300. He is severely mispriced, in my opinion. Um, having him under Sam Burns just doesn't make sense. Um, I think you could easily put him up, probably swap him and Zal Torres, and I don't think anybody would bat an eye. No, especially because uh, so- if you take a look, he's averaging over six birdies around here at Kapalua, so 
I, I just think that I don't know why you would go anywhere in this 8K range above Sungjae and just not save the money instead. Um, that's kind of the big thing for me. The other guy I'll mention on the bottom, uh, well, the two, I guess, Hideki Matsuyama and Brian Harmon. Um, Hideki is kind of boom bust. He came off of a, can I say this, atrocious 2022? I mean, yeah. I mean he Relatively. won Sony, right? But, like, that was so early. Like, that was, what, 51 weeks ago now? Like, eh. He he did not finish the season strong. That's for sure. That's fair. That's a better way to put it. So so going with Hideki is definitely a a change of pace. If you think everybody's going to go Sungjae at eight three hundred, if you want to be different and you want somebody that's going to be a little bit more of a risk reward, Hideki's definitely the guy to go to. Um, Brian Harmon does very well in the metrics here, so he's definitely going to be a nice eight K kind of baseline. I think Brian Harmon is kind of that last line of realistic guys you could expect to win this kind of event um as most people know 35 to 1 has never like it the lowest anybody has ever been odds wise and won this tournament in the last 10 years is 35 to 1 jeez so Brian Harmon is 40 to 1 so he's i think he's kind of the cutoff you got to stay him or above i think the rest of these guys you could easily get them in top 5s but i think he's kind of that last line of of potential winners I think you summed it up pretty well there. I'm not going to try and chime in too much on that one. I think you covered most of it. Sungjae is the guy that if he's not in your lineup, especially in DraftKings, where it really looks like he's the steal, the pick. Yeah. Everything looks good there. I always think Hovlin has had a tremendous offseason. He's been playing really good. Yep. Um, I think that's another guy you can sneak in there. Obviously, you touched on Matsuyama. Um, Cam Young is another one that I think is going to be really, really good. Um, you know, obviously he played really well at the hero and I think you, that trajectory is going to be really good. So those are the guys I'm looking for. Uh, one thing about Hovland, we are not in the continental United States. It is a resort course and it's not a major. So it fits all the molds for a good Hovland week. So potential there. I agree. I think he's a decent, he's a decent flex. If you want to get again off of Sung Jay or, or be somewhere slightly different. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why I'm not hot on. I'm definitely not hot on Will Zalatoris that, you know, having a back injury myself, you never know what's just going to happen on one swing. Yeah. So I'd like to see four rounds under the belt before I really jump into that. I'm also not really hot on Tom Kim. I don't really have a reason why I, I just, I don't, there's no good reason. I just don't have that feeling. The, so with Tom Kim, I mean, he doesn't have the distance, not that that's like vital in a course like this. Um, I think more so Tom Kim just feels like he's, he's relatively placed in the right spot here. I mean, Tom Kim versus Max Homa versus Victor Hovland versus Sung J.M. Like, that's probably his right grouping. Uh, but I just think there's potentially more upside for the guys around him, which is why it's just harder for me to get down to Tom Kim at 8,700 or get up, I guess you could gotcha. say. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, and then, I, honestly, like, I can't describe to people how deep this category. If we, I'm going to jump right down to the 7K range because okay. it's starting at Billy Horschel. Now think about that. Starting. See, Billy Horschel though sucks at this event. If you've ever seen Billy Horschel's, any of Billy Horschel's finishes, I think his best event in his four finishes here is like 27th. All right. Well, I'm just saying for the namesake, starting at 7,900 is dangerous. I, I agree. I, I think this is a very deep field. I, I'm not a Billy Billy fan this week, but I think that this this range is extremely deep. Yeah. So it starts at Billy Horschel and then it goes down to KH Lee. I think the guy, or there's three guys in here that I really like. One is Adam Scott. 
So Adam Scott has been playing tremendous in the off season. He had a bogey free 63 um, a couple weeks ago. Um, I can't remember where it was, but I know it was in the DP world tour. It was remarkable to watch Aaron wise, his four events since October worst finish of 64th in the Triners, but has had three top 25 since then. And I really like Sahith Thigala this week. I would not be surprised. Quote me now. I would not be surprised if Sahith Thigala walks out with a trophy this week. Um, I don't think you will personally, but I, I can kind of see why you're thinking that. Well, I wasn't um, thinking making my winner pick. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised. He's got length. His iron play has been tremendous. If you watched him at the RSM, his putter gets hot to what he's supposed to do. Here's the challenge with Sahith Thigala. On a good day, Sahith Thigala can potentially beat Justin Thomas. But on a bad day, he could not beat Chaz Ramey. I mean, that is just how boom and bust Sahith Thigala is. Like, he will finish top five or dead last. There's, there's just no in between with him. And you can see it on his metrics as well, because he'll go one event where he'll, he'll gain like 10 strokes each round, it feels like. And then you get to him to the next event, and it was like plus three, plus three, plus three for plus nine, misses the cut by 12 shots, nowhere in the stratosphere. He's just very volatile. I think if you're going to go to him for volatility, he's very close to what Hideki is in the range above him. And then there's somebody else a range below him that I think is also kind of identical to what he is. Um, so I am staying off Sahith this week. Um, I do like uh, Adam Scott. I think he's kind of a safety pick. I don't think he's going to win it. And I don't think he's going to lose it. I think like a T20 is very in the realm of possibility for Adam Scott. Um, I think Corey Connors could be interesting this week. Um, he, again, he's not somebody I have a ton of ecstatic feelings about. He's just somebody I think that in this range makes a lot of sense. The other guy I'll say is Seamus Power. Uh, Seamus Power has been playing really well going into all of this. Uh, he is one of the hotter players in terms of how he's been playing as well with the T5, the RSM, the T3 at the uh, at Mayakoba, and then the win at, well, technically the win at Butterfield. That was all the way back in October now. Um, so I just think he's got some good metrics to go along. If you really want to take somebody in this range, I think he would kind of be my main, my main point. Fair enough. I don't really have much to say about anybody else just because we touched on a lot of people. I mean, Sepp Straka, much like a lot of these other golfers, if you take a look at his last couple events, 10th, 125, 102, 105. And then a couple weeks before that, he had a runner up. Yep. So there, it's just not much to go there. KH Lee. He's a cut machine um, with a no cut event. I don't really like putting him in a lineup. There's not to say he's anything wrong with that, but on a cut machine on a no cut event, just doesn't, you know, oil and water on that one. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. We're going to the six K range. We got Mackenzie Hughes at six, nine up top. And we got Chad Ramey, six K baseline on the bottom. Who you got? Well, definitely not Chad Ramey. No offense to him. <laughs> um I don't, I, I actually really like JJ spawn this week. Okay. Um, after watching him in RSM and then Maya Koba, both 15 finishes, all, all rounds of his were under par. So I think four yep. rounds under par gets you in a position, you know, obviously Cam Smith minus 34 last year, it's not going to be touched, yep. but if you can get to like minus 20, I guarantee you that's top 15. I guarantee you get half the guys with minus 15, minus 16, and four under a round. So that's what I'm hoping for in a 6,300 price range. Just go out and do it. Otherwise, I really like Mackenzie Hughes. Yep. 
Yep. I really liked him at the RSM. He really let me down. This is his comeback. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Mackenzie Hughes is an interesting one. Um, he could he could potentially fit the mold. Uh, the first guy I'm going to mention is Tom Hoagie. Uh, he's second in the field in opportunities gained. Uh, really, you need opportunities on a course like this. Again, everybody's going to be going for birdies. Uh, if you don't know any better, opportunities gained is like how many times you're within 10 feet of the pin on the green with a chance for birdie. So you want somebody that's going to give birdie chances. Uh, the only guy who's behind on tour is Scotty Scheffler. Again, that's Scotty. He just, I think Tom Hoagie is a cheaper version of a Sahith Tagala in the 6K range, hmm. personally. Um, the other guy I'll mention is Trey Mullinex. He's 6,200. He's an absolute bomber off the tee. You don't need distance on this course. Um, if you follow the false swing at all, he's like Brandon Matthews light. Um, he's not the best with that. can make a cut. <laughs> well, well, he's not the best accuracy wise. But with again, I mentioned this earlier, you could land a legitimate plane on these fairways. It's so wide. So Trey Mullinex does not need to hit, you know, seven feet wide fairways. He just needs to stay on the planet, which you can easily do in a, in a situation like this. Um, the other guy I'll just mention is Scott Stallings. Now, you don't know if you're going to get the one that got invited to the Masters randomly or the actual Scott Stallings. Or the NFL Combine. Or the NFL Combine. <laughs> Um, I think there, there's a chance there for him. Um, and I think at 6,600, he is, he's a decent option. Yeah. And for, for those of you don't know, and for those of, I don't know how you don't know by now, Scott Stallings master's invite was somehow, and I, yes. I genuinely do not know how this is physically possible sent to another Scott Stallings in Georgia who had to USPS him, his master's invitation. Now PGA, I know you're not affiliated with the Masters, but you better go get that guy and his family tickets yep. to the Masters. Yeah. Do anything because there's not many people in this world that would get a Masters invite and immediately jump to USPS to forward that over. It's unbelievable. I mean, or like be like have somebody send him a signed glove or like a golf ball. He's or getting like, more than that. Well, I know, but like, but like have that in as like a kicker. Like give him master's tickets, give him, you know, like free drinks for one of the rounds or like a free free drink waivers. There's a lot of crap they could do that would be free really easy. Drink waivers at the masters. This is like two bucks. It do, um, I don't know. I'm I'm just saying, like, there's there's opportunity there for the for the PGA to like do something fun and and, and give him some, I don't know. There's, there's yeah. options. We're uh, off topic here. Let's get back to golf yeah, because uh, otherwise we can talk about masters. We can talk about those sandwiches. You can get me in a whole nother trail here. <laughs> all right. Let, let, all right. Let's get over your uh, DraftKings lineup then. Yeah. We're staying on top. So listen, I'm going to be honest. I stinker tinkered while you were talking right over there. So shocking. Yeah. For me, it is very shocking. <laughs> so starting out at John Rom 10 K, I don't think it's that unreasonable to jump all the way to Rom 10 K. <laughs> Then I went to Xander, 9,500. His swing is butter. Let's just be honest. That guy's going to place top 10. Oh, yeah. Victor Hovland, 8,500. He's been playing really good, and it's not in the U.S. or continental U.S., so let me correct that. So he's going to be obviously top five, whatever the case might be. Had to bring in Sungjae at 8,300 because that guy's a dog. I went to Sahith at 7,300, and then I went to JJ Spawn at 6,300. So we're going to take home some money there. There you go. Hey, you kind of you kind of tinkered it into something similar in terms of what I got. Interesting. All right. Um, so for my draft kings, I'm starting up top two with John Rahm, uh, 10K. It's it just makes sense. 
Uh, and there's plenty of room to get up to him and then still have a good lineup. My second guy on my list is Xander Shoffley, 9,500. Again, I think he could realistically win easy, personally. Um, third guy is Colin Morikawa, 9,400. My fourth guy is Sung J M at 8,300. And then I'm 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 shooting fish in a barrel here. We're going Tom Hoagie, 6,500, and Trey Mullinex at 6,200. So we got four tanks and and two guys that are that I just need to get inside the top what 15, 20? Yeah, I mean even 25, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, I think I could potentially have three of those guys in the top six for well, those I can for those three. Confidently four. say all six of your guys are gonna make the cut if that <laughs> oh, helps. Thanks. No, I think between John Rahm, Xander, Colin, and Sung Jay, I think you could have three of those guys in probably the top six to eight. No problem. Fair enough. Awesome. Well, then I'll jump into my FanDuel lineup really quickly. Starting off with Scotty Scheffler. He's John Romer, Scotty Scheffler. Both our lineups are going to do good starting off hot there. Yep. 11,800, definitely overpaid for him, but you know, it is what it is. Xander Shoffley at 10-9, just really like him. I'm right now jumping into Colin Morikawa because like you said earlier, if the putter does what it's supposed to, he's the yep. best iron player in the world. It's not even a question. Yeah, Aaron definitely. Wise at 9,300. He's awesome. Keegan Bradley at 8,900. I don't know if he has the distance that a lot of the players in the field have, but I mean, he just recently won. So his yeah. game's on point. And then Billy Horschel. I know that metrics don't really line up for him, but at 8,600, there's not really that many guys that are on par with that. No, I agree. And that's the challenge with Billy is he's, is he's in a range where there's a lot of potential for him to be worth his value. It's just a, the scary thought of what he's done here in the past. Um, for my FanDuel lineups, I'm starting again with John Rahm up top, uh, 12,000. I've got Xander Shoffley at 10,900. I have Victor Hovland at 10,500. I have Colin Morikawa at 10,400. I have Brian Harmon at 8,800, and I have Trey Mullinex at 7,200. So, again, I got four tanks there. I think three of those four could be in the top eight again. Listen, let's be honest. If this lineup that you just put in was for, like, the Mayakoba Classic. <laughs> oh, I'd be losing it. I'd be going wild. Oh, my wild. goodness. <laughs> Unbelievable. Your fourth, fourth guy is Colin Morikawa. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. That's incredible. So, those are our DraftKings and FanDuel lineups. Um, as you know, if you're tuning with us again now or for however long, I'll go ahead and post all of these on social media. So go ahead and follow us. Um, we'll make sure to drop all those in the end. Um, and then go ahead and just give us a follow because I'm, I work remote. So if you got a tweet, you got an Instagram, you got a Facebook, just send me, I'll jump on it. All right. There you go. Are we, uh, we're getting into bets. Finally, I've been Let's waiting a month to talk about bets. because <laughs> I've been fiending. My NFL bets have been doing great. My NBA, so I got five clicks to win. Yep. Number one, Scotty Scheffler, top 10 minus 140. He's the number one player in the world. I need a little bit of a bankroll builder to start the year. Going yep. in with a lock at top 10. Next, I'm going Justin Thomas, top 10 at minus 115. Did you watch him in the match? That guy is a top 10 player in the world. So he should have no problem finishing top 10 in the Sony. Next, I'm going Sungjae top 10 at plus 130 which is ridiculous considering his top 20 was, I believe like minus 375 or something like that. So the disparity there is crazy. Then I'm going Sahith Nagala top 20 yeah, at minus 25. 
And and again, I said that the, the, the rookies don't do well. Top 20 is just fine. If you want to do Sahith Tagala top 20, I am not questioning that. That is top half. Yeah. And then last but not least, Adam Scott, top 20 at minus 105. Two guys at top 20, honestly, one cracks and I'm happy. There's going to be a guy that's going to fall out of here just with that such a small compact field. But I feel pretty good about going, you know, three or four out of five. Yeah, I, I I have it here in the notes. I really contemplated Sungjae at top ten at plus one thirty. Um, I don't know what was going on with his with his odds. They they screwed up his odds and his DFS. I don't know what's going on with them. Maybe they're scared of Sungjae, but I, that one was one Lock I was really now. close to hitting. I can't do it. I've already got my three. I like these as well though. Um, so my first bet is Xander Shoffley, who I really do think can win uh, top ten at minus one ten. Um, and then second bet is Colin Morikawa top 10 at plus 130. And my third bet, I actually had to do some searching for this because I really wanted to find a matchup I liked. Uh, this is a head to head Brian Harmon over Seamus Power plus 100. Fair I, enough. I think that one's got, got pretty solid likelihood of hitting personally. Yeah. And I'll just really quickly reiterate why we're doing a lot of top 10 bets. John Rom is minus 700 for a top 20. So you have to bet seven units to get one unit back. So just really not reasonable for what we're doing here. But Absolutely. those are our eight bets right now. Obviously, if you follow along, we're going to have some wildcard bets, which we don't put an official unit on. And yep. then additional bets throughout the week as more bets unfold, because we do do this Monday. So, all right, Jack, are we starting with the winner's picks or are we starting with the wild cards? Which one are you kind of feeling? Well, considering both of my wild cards picks are eventually winners picks, let's just start there. <laughs> All right, so we'll start with the wild card picks. Uh, you go first. Why not? I like yours. Yeah. So I took. Um, if you go on DraftKings, which is what the most odds are up on Mondays, um, which is kind of why we eventually do a lot of on social media. Right now, they have three chances to win. One is John Rahm, Justin Thomas, or Matt Fitzpatrick to win at plus two hundred and sixty. It's not which bad. kind of feels wrong. Yes. Um, the other one is Scotty Scheffler, Colin Morikawa, or Cam Young to win at plus 400. And for those of you that followed along at the beginning of the 2022-2023 season, if like nine, I think it was like 95% of our plus 400 wild cards hit. So this is basically a lock. It was an ungodly amount of plus 400s. I mean, for whatever reason, that was our, uh, that was our like area of expertise. Uh, but I, I honestly, I looked at all that and I was like, wow, that's six names of guys that could really realistically win, including both the guys in the 10 K range. Uh, my wildcard picks are a little bit more all across the board. Yeah. A little more straightforward, a little more obvious. I got one top 10, one top five. Uh, my top 10 is Hideki Matsuyama. Top 10 is plus 200. Uh, again, I know he was injured a lot last year and he, he didn't finish the season strong. Ho hoping this long break helps. Um, he's a wild card pick right now for a reason though, because I do not have all the confidence in the world that it will, it will happen. I think that he, he just kind of 50, 50, uh, second one is Sung J M top five at plus three thirty. He's played really well here in the past. I think he could easily sneak in that top five. I like it. I'm not going to fight you on Sung J M top five. Cause <laughs> I think he could easily take it. Yeah. All right. Uh, who you got for winners? So again, again, if you're just joining us, because I know a lot of people, according to our stats, really started to follow along with us at the end. Just to recap really quickly, our winner's picks, uh, we do not just kind of pick the winner. So I don't pick John Rom. Well, I did last year, but John Rom, Scotty Scheffler. What we're doing is I'm playing by 
PGA Tour fantasy rules where you can only pick a guy three times to win. And Liam is trying to do one for every single player outside of majors. Yes. So uh, that's why we might not pick your typical John Rom or Scotty Scheffler, even though in reality they're probably going to win. But my picks to win <laughs> this week, as I said earlier, I really like Sahith Gala. I like yep. the distance. I like the confidence. 39 other guys to beat. This is Hawaii. He's going to go make a couple hundred thousand dollars, play golf in Hawaii. Life is good. Yep. Keegan Bradley. Ooh. Ooh. Dangerous. Dangerous. He's he's confident. He just won a couple weeks ago. He is nearing what I would classify as probably his peak performance of the last couple weeks that I've witnessed. So if he can get that down in Hawaii, that guy's a short game wizard. So again, like you talked about elevation changes, being able to get up and down and capitalize on maybe not the lack of birdies, but the lack of bogeys, you could be up there in terms of a winner's pick. No, I, um, Keegan Bradley is a shot. I mean, that is a, that's impressive. If he, if he does well, they're pretty jacked. I mean, Next I podcast be... will be naked if that is. <laughs> uh, as I said earlier, when we were going over the DFS lineups. I think that the cutoff is right there at Brian Harmon, right at the AK number. So my two winners picks are Hideki Matsuyama and Brian Harmon. I think uh, those two guys kind of, again, are on the bottom. I think Hideki has the opportunity to win this. He's played really well in Hawaii in the past. He won the Sony last year. He's finished top. He's finished second place at the Tournament of Champions before. He plays really well in Hawaii. I'm hoping that old Hideki comes back. Uh, Brian Harmon is a is a bit more all across the board. Um, he's a little bit tougher to pick as a winner, but he does have the upside to get there. Um, and generally, we want to pick somebody that we're a little bit more confident on and or is a little bit higher value and one that's a little bit more shot in the dark. Jack's regular guy was Sahith. His shot in the dark was Keegan. My regular guy is Hideki. My shot in the dark is Brian Harmon. It just works well that way. Yeah, 100%. And for those who don't know, Hideki Matsuyama won the second event of the year in the Sony Open, which is kind of what catapulted this golf betting thing because um, I believe we both had Matsuyama winner's picks yes. going into the year. So it was awesome. I'm hoping he gets form back because golf is better with him performing well, especially in that international reach. So it's awesome to see. I would say, just to ask you a question, is John Rahm the guy that you would have picked if all options are on the table in terms of winners? I actually think Xander would have been the guy Xander. I would have picked. Would, would you have taken Rahm? I think I'm going Rahm just because of what he's done. Um, I would go in order, Rahm, Thomas, and then Shoffley of the three guys that I think I would rank. Do you want to do a head-to-head Rom versus Xander just for the kicks? Yeah, gentleman's bet. Gentleman's bet. We do do this occasionally on the podcast, everybody. Uh, Jack and I will just go through and we will we will basically head-to-head golfers or you know, if it's a if it's a match group grouping thing like the QBE, then we'll do a team. Uh, so Jack is gonna have John Rom, who again I liked as well. Um, uh, and I'm gonna have Xander, who again Jack liked as well, but just for the sake of a little bit of friendly competition, a little, you know, a little bit like a beer or something like that. When we meet up for golf, something along those lines, something that keeps it low key. Uh, all right. Well, that's, uh, that's it. That's, that's the century. We're getting back into golf, Jack. Here we are next 600 weeks. Listen, this is, this is what I live for. Listen, don't get me wrong. Dude. I love sitting and watching a bears game all day on Sunday. Yes. Am I ready to watch golf? All day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, even more so. We are back in Hawaii. 
We're back with a loaded, loaded field. We're going to get some golf in. And more importantly, we're going to win some mother money. <laughs> Fill in the blank there, everybody. All right. Have a go, everybody. Let's go out there and win some money. See you next week for the Sony. Oh.